we're good on my end, ladies, for All recording. Right. And we're good here. Welcome back. Yes. So today Welcome I think back, yeah. we're going to take some turns and go around saying things that helped us along our journey in reference specifically to um, tracking our macros as well as like adherence to our nutrition plan at any extent. Yep. Um, so I'll yep. start off with one that's not as like, I want to use the peanut butter example. Okay, fine. I'm just going to do both. I'm going to do two right away. <laughs> do it, girl. Do it. <laughs> you so go, girl. this was something that was revolutionary for me. And I'm going to use ketchup instead of peanut butter because everybody knows about the peanut butter trick where you put the peanut butter jar on the scale, you tear it out, and then you go and get your peanut butter and it says minus how many ever grams you took out. That game changer. But the other one, the opposite side of that is you put your plate on your food scale, you press tear, zero it out, and then you squirt how much ketchup you want. I, like, I blew my mind. I saw someone, like, measuring out ketchup in a, like, tablespoon. And I was like, you waste so much on there. Like, in that spoon, trying to squeal it out, just go straight to your plate. And you don't have to put on two tablespoons, like, whatever the serving size. If it's 35 grams, you don't have to use 35 grams. You can use 24 if that's how many you need for your meal. Like, so I that's why I like for ketchup. Like, that was game-changing for me to get specific and not have to follow specifically the pro, the portion size that was on the nutrition label, but based on what I need or what fit with my macros that day. The second thing, not this is so other direction, but that really, really helped me um, as I was phasing off of macros, learning more intuitive eating was if I had a craving, we talked about cravings in the last episode and how our body is extremely intelligent in craving specific foods. Like you hear about people that are trapped in islands craving fish eyes because it has certain micronutrients. That stuff's great. But sometimes, Kelly mentioned, uh, we crave ice cream and that is clearly not a nutritional craving. But how I liked to use as kind of a gut check as to is is ice cream kind of a good thing or a bad thing right now? Is this a craving or is this, is this a body craving or is this a personal desire was okay. So I'm craving ice cream. What is ice cream made of? Mostly, mostly fats, mostly carbs. So I would think of something much, much cleaner, higher nutrient value. So I would think, okay, does sweet potatoes and avocado sound good right now? And if I, my answer was yes, then I would eat the ice cream. If my answer was no, sweet potatoes and avocado doesn't sound good, then I wouldn't eat the ice cream because I wasn't truly craving those macronutrients. I was craving just that that specific food. Um, so that was like, and I used it to the same meal because rice, chicken, avocado, and yeah, rice, avocado, chicken, and like a vegetable. That was always my meal that like I could eat and it would taste good and I would enjoy it. But not if I wasn't hungry enough. <laughs> like, if I wasn't that hungry, I wouldn't eat that meal. I'd have to wait until my hunger was there. So that was always my gut check. Like, okay, so I'm craving whatever. You get the idea. That, that's the idea. Gut check, something of the same value. It. That's a good one. I like that one. Okay. So, I, gosh, I mean, I have so many, and hopefully we'll go around. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> So 
specifically for tracking food, tracking macros, um, one of my little tidbits is, again, back to the cravings, right? Because we talk about a balance with food. And if you're desiring a certain food um, and you want to make sure that you have good balance in your diet and still hitting your macros and stuff. So like, for example, if you have a certain craving and or if you have a social event, like you're going out to eat or something like that, plug in the food that you're going to eat for that craving or for that meal first and then fill in the rest of your day around that and that way you don't um one you don't feel like you're like not being able to participate if you go out to eat and you're like well shoot I don't have any macros for this so I'm gonna have to drink water um or you don't get like sloshed by the end of the night and you're like oh man like I totally went way over on my um, macronutrients totally like ruined the day for my goals and all that kind of stuff. So plug in the important things to you for that day and then fill in the rest with the different nutritional foods of, you know, proteins, carbs, and fats that you have left to fill in for that day. And that's going to make um, balancing uh, your day and balancing your mentality with food so much better. Uh, so that's what I used to do is, and, and I love, I am a late night snacker, late night eater. Um, I love having most of my food and uh, calories at night. Um, so I mean, I liked to put my like nighttime snack or like a big dinner in first. And then the rest of the day was much lighter eating throughout the day, like breakfast, protein and veggies lunch, all day snacking. long, macro hoard. Oh, the yeah. And night. I was fine with that. That's how my body functioned well. That's how my mind functioned well. So, um, so yeah, so plug in the stuff that's important to you or that you absolutely want to get in first and then fill in the rest. Absolutely. Reverse engineer your day. I yep. totally second that. And we are the same with that I'm a, I'm a macro hoarder I will eat protein and veggies all day long so I can have a feast before I go to bed yes yes so I totally remember. Kelly do you got one for us which is funny because I'm completely opposite <laughs> I breakfast is my favorite meal of the day mm-hmm. and I literally by the time I drink you know because usually I work out in the morning right the heaviest so I have like my protein shake and all of that stuff mm-hmm. so literally I'm usually between six and 700 calories in for my day by 9 Mm a.m. Like, holy crap, that's a lot Mm -hmm. in the morning when I have very, not a lot left for the rest of the day. So I'm very judicious on how I plan the rest of my day, but pre-tracking money. Um, One of the things to a couple of things is um, until I got comfortable, like, understanding macros and like whatever like I would only buy foods that I could read a label so I exactly knew what I was taking at so that was one of my my tips um for travelers for people who travel for business um if you have a long day of traveling try and preload protein because I know that when I would get tired when I would travel because there were times I'd have to get up at like 4 a.m or whatever and by like traveling and then you think by the time mm-hmm. I go to bed at night that's a lot of hours to be mm-hmm. awake and carbs were my best friend like all I wanted were carbs right and and again carbs aren't bad but they didn't really fit with where I wanted to go with my goals so trying to preload protein and one thing Camille and I've talked about this too is um I don't want to go down too far the rabbit hole of like nutrient timing but I have found in my tracking the more protein I stack in my morning, then I can go to lunch. I can make it through to lunch and, and not get hungry. 
And um, whereas if I have a lower protein amount in the morning, I find that like by mid morning, I'm like, I think I'm hungry. Part of it, I think it became a habit, Mm -hmm. but um, I tinker around, I guess, tinker around with your foods and does maybe having more fat in the morning of your diet um, actually satiate you Mm -hmm. for a longer term. For me, it's protein, um, you know, and it's going to be different for everybody. Um, So those are, oh, and spices. Like mm. food does not have to be boring. Yeah, like spices we, I think and mustard. Spices, mustard, um, and hot sauce. That is like my favorite aisle during contest right? prep. <laughs> or even like sriracha yes. or like Flavor God makes some really good spices. Oh, um, but like good. steaming, like steaming vegetable, like I love like steamed broccoli with that chemical. I, close your ears, Camille. That chemical <laughs> spray butter, <laughs> right? Um, just like chemical chocolate. By that you and your Walden Farms. Man, I love that. I, I love that Walden no, Farms. I can't. It's chemical I can't chocolate. Do it. I can't. I love it. I love it. But like just spraying a little bit of butter and then like some seasoning or even just sea salt. Oh, it's so like a once bit of lemon you juice. start extracting yourself from all the processed food and the more you can get yourself eating to, into eating real food, your body just craves the real food. So yeah. those are my, um, those are a couple of my tips. Uh, yeah, okay. I think that that's great. One thing I wanted to add to that before I add on my tip um, is like what you said, track the night before you go to bed, um, at least until you get a hang of it, until you're more confident. I am like a notorious fly by the seat of your pantser. So I would often like track on the go. But when I first started, I tracked every meal. Meal prep. I meal prepped. So I knew exactly what my four out of the five meals of the day were going to be already because I brought them with me. So I didn't have a lot of room for error. So I track at night when I first started, the night before. Or whatever, so yeah. I knew, and like you can yeah. adjust throughout the day, but at least you have a structure, a baseline. Or what my brother is a big advocate of is you have eighteen hundred calories, and eleven or a thousand of those calories are going to make sure you get enough protein, you get enough fiber, you get enough whatever. Then you can figure out where to put your pizza the rest of the day. But making sure you're getting your like build a structure first. And then put your snacks around it. Build in whatever calories you have left once you've hit your thresholds. Um, My tip is protein. Eat early, eat often. Um, And something, one specific meal that comes to mind that I used to eat all the time is my take on nachos. Um, And so I would be able to have five ounces of meat. So I would just... A lot of training is getting crafty with how can you eat large amounts of protein and not a large amounts of other things. <laughs> so I love to eat like five ounces of ground turkey or ground beef, depending on whatever, with taco seasoning. And then I'll put salsa on top of that and usually olives. I won't do cheese. I won't do sour cream, two typical nacho toppings. Um, and then I'll eat it with either one serving of pre-measured out chips or I'll even use Joseph's Lavash. Um wraps tortilla wraps and i'll cut them into chips and then i'll spray them with cooking spray and i'll put them in the air fryer and make tortilla chips out of them um and i just love that's something where you can get i hate people that need snacky things like i hate the word snacky like i just eat a meal i don't know you don't need to snack if you're trying to lose weight just eat a meal but i get it i get the crunch i get the textural elements so you can make your own chips with joseph's balash um, and eat salsa, like I like a chips, like a Mexican bowl kind of thing. But like, you don't need to have a plate full of nachos, a little bit of meat, 
ton of cheese, sour cream. You can have a little bit, a respectable yep. amount of chips, a ton of protein, and some salsa, and not so many of the other high calorie things. Um, that was a meal, and I always did egg whites. So two things for protein early and often, and how to eat more protein. Because this is by and large my biggest pain point for clients. I know I should be taking turns, but I, I'm just gonna go with it. Um, <laughs> protein, either it's so it sounds so still silly, but honestly, it worked so much for me. Cutting your protein into like super small bite-sized pieces. I don't know about you guys, but like five ounces of meat on a plate is just not something I get excited about. But if you cut it up into super, like a five ounce, just chunk of meat, it's just a lot to have to cut up and try to eat just like one bite of meat at a time. I don't always like just having just straight meat. Like I like to have it, like I said, like with a chip or like with something that I can transfer it to my mouth with. Uh, so I'll cut up my protein into super small beets. And even if I put it all over a big salad with just a one head of romaine lettuce, it makes the, eating the protein seem easier. Um, another thing is that using two different types of protein, this is actually something I picked up when I was in Spain, um, because a lot of my meals we had, there was two sources of protein. So it was steak and eggs. It was fish and shrimp. It was chicken and pork. We would have just two types of protein in every meal. So instead of having six ounces of shredded chicken, you can do three ounces of, um, shred three ounces of cubed up chicken and half a cup of egg whites and you can make an omelet out of it and add in peppers and onions and veggies and you won't even know that there's chicken in your omelet um so those are my two things cut into small pieces and do two different types of protein in the same meal and it usually makes it feel like less meat because in the summertime too i get meat adverse sometimes and i'm so i get it but those are my tips for eating protein early and eating them often awesome all right, I'll go, I'll go for a couple more. First of all, yes to protein early and often. I am a protein coffee fan, so mm -hmm. that is my every mm -hmm. single morning. So much better than creamer. Put protein powder in a yes. mixer, uh, in a shaker cup, then pour it into your coffee like um, creamer. But um, I would say, so uh, tip one is um, either ask one of us, Camille or myself, or I mean, honestly, Google it because you can find it yourself too, but lists of what foods are proteins, what foods are mostly carbohydrates, and what foods are mostly fats. When you start to understand, like, not that your meals have to be separated into a protein food, a carb food, and a fat food, but when you're first starting out, it's, like, really beneficial for your macro tracking and your food tracking to understand which foods have mostly what macronutrient in them so that you can better prepare a well-rounded meal for yourself. And if you get stuck at night, you're like, oh, crap, I have, like... 20 grams of protein left and I've already hit my carbs and fats like what do I do right if you start to understand which foods have what in them you'll never have the issue of running into that problem so um, definitely start to understand and create lists for yourself of those three types of um, macronutrient rich foods so that you can um, better track and put together and structure meals um, so that would be tip one and then tip two um, for me especially Especially when I was doing uh, fat loss, uh, it was very advantageous for me to find which foods were more voluminous in um, nutrients and which foods were more calorie dense. 
Um, and so what I mean by that is like certain foods, uh, like, uh, for example, a protein bar, right? Like you could have a protein bar that's somewhere between 200 to 400 calories in like this big of a square. That's a lot of nutrients packed into a very small amount of food. So your stomach is going to not feel like it is as full versus like if you were to eat, so, um, let's go, let's go something different. Let's go uh, orange juice, right? Like a what? Smoothie like dense calorie density there you go yep yep so like like um a smoothie or like orange juice right an eight ounce glass of orange juice has like 30 carbs in it versus like if you were to eat 30 carbs of whole strawberries like that's a massive bowl of strawberries that you can eat so if you're struggling with like hunger or you like to snack or like whatever that is try and pick more voluminous foods that have um less bang for their buck but obviously they're still nutrient rich um so that you can feel like you're fuller so like my favorites are i love berries because berries are very um um like voluminous in their foods. I love popcorn. Um, I love eating raw vegetables like celery and stuff like that. Those are very um, rich. Egg whites blow up like crazy when you actually cook them. So those are very voluminous. Stuff like that is going to be very beneficial to you versus eating more of the processed foods or the bars or stuff like that where they pack a bunch of calories into a small amount of food well and that's assuming that you're trying to lose weight um because i do have clients that every once in a while they do have to try to gain weight um or we're adding muscle or things like that where you need to increase calories and that's when uh, it depends on what your goal is if you are going to bed each night and you're freaking starving but you had a smoothie i wouldn't recommend break out those foods and just eat them as whole foods throughout the day instead of blended together but on the other hand if you get to the end of the night and you have 600 calories left and you're full and you want to throw up and you're so full you can't even think about getting calories in, uh, I would drink all of your calories. <laughs> I would find yep. as many liquid yep. forms of go. calories as you can um, to just try to get it in. So, yeah, density matters. Um, eat, if you're someone who finds it hard to get in all your food, then, yeah, protein bars and shakes are great. If you're trying if you're trying yep. to eat your food, I'll eat zucchini i'll air fry it just so i can have something to kind of fill up my plate with and fill up my belly yep yep love it back to kelly kelly you go girl what else you got um marketing packaging is Mm -hmm. huge like uh, uh you're drawn in by a package like first of all who doesn't go to Trader Joe's and fill up their cart and think everything they're putting in their cart is amazing and it's good for you, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, Trader Joe's has done an amazing job of marketing to make you feel like you're eating healthy, which they do have a lot of healthy foods, right? So um, looking at packaging to say, um, like peanut butter is a perfect example of, I think it, that most people, when you ask them, what is peanut butter? They say protein. Oh. Right. And it's been marketed that way. Like the peanut butter industry has basically put out, Hey, we're protein because they know that people look for protein. Peanut butter is a fat, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think looking at your label and looking at like one of the biggest things I've learned portion sizes, right? Because I know I was talking to somebody, you know, those halo, those little halo protein mm-hmm. ice cream things, mm-hmm. right? So on the front, it has a big number. Oh, it'll yeah. say like 190. It'll say like 190. So you're like, sweet, I'm going to grab this. I can eat this whole thing for 190 calories. I've literally talked to people about this. And I'm like, it's not 190 <laughs> calories for 
that whole thing. And they're like, what? But it says it on the front. And I'm like, if you read the label, there are like two servings or whatever. That's like two servings. So that's like really 380 calories Mm -hmm. for this whole little container. And people are like, oh, right? So I think packaging, one of the kind of the under the bucket of things that helped me adhere to nutrition is be mindful of the way they're, they're trying to draw you in. The packaging is trying to draw you in and it has like little snippets of like how many whole grains, how many fats, how much protein. Well, that's great. But then you need to flip over the container and be like, okay, how many servings are in that? Right. And then you're shocked that like, it looks great, but I only get a third of a cup of this. That's not a lot of food. Right. So I tend to then put that container back on the shelf and be like, I'm going to eat this whole, I'm going to overeat these servings because I love whatever it is in here. And so I'm going to put it back because it's easier to say no once to myself in the store than to bring it home and to be like, no, 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 you know, to portion control um, based on serving size um, at home. Like I'm less likely to say no to limiting that to one serving. I might throw two servings in there and totally blow my calories. So those are beware of yep. packaging. I have a question for both of you. Would you rather have one serving of Ben and Jerry's or an entire pint of Halo? They're actually, the pint of Halo is actually more calories, but which one would you, each of you personally have right now? Would you rather have an entire pint of Halo or one serving of Ben and Jerry's? They're pretty close to being the same calories. Pint of Halo. Only because it's got protein in it. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm picking it. Ah! I've learned so you two have taught because, me like, well. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the reason. That's the reason why most people pick up food. I personally would. Oh, that's so hard. I know. I would probably do the Halo because I'm a volume person. Mm-hmm. But I will add this. Um, be very careful of diet foods. And the reason I say that is because they usually contain things that will mess up your digestive system more than the real thing. So if you eat a lot of them, um, like, yep, sugar alcohols are a huge one. All the chemicals that Mm -hmm. they put in those diet foods to make them low calorie, Mm -hmm. um, those can be over time and in large quantities, really, really tough on your digestive system. So like I can only eat like a pint of that every once in a while. Otherwise I get super gassy and bloated and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if I eat a real tub of ice cream, your body knows what that is. And so it can digest it better, even though it's more calorie dense. So it's like, well, am I uh, ready to get a little gassy or am I going to sacrifice that for having a lot more calories? So it really depends on how you feel, but I'd probably go with the halo because it's a once in a while treat. So yeah, I would go for it real quick before Camille, before you say something Um, again, just everything kind of leads back to kind of what I teed up our last call with in that our bodies need the real, right? And our bodies know what to do with the real food. Like, our bodies know probably how to process butter better than margarine, right? Mm-hmm. And so to your point, there's so much of the chemical stuff that you have to be mindful of. It. There is a benefit of eating something that's truly real. 
So let me say, Sorry. pick your battles. No, I'm yeah. going to dive yeah. right yeah. onto that. So I always like to explain to my clients the five stressors. This is something I made up. So just putting it out there. <laughs> but so I like to think about your body can only handle so much at one time. And these are five very common stressors that get put on the body and cause inflammation. So one of them being physical stress, which I think this is one where the end game is we want to pick two of these five things that are going on right now. And so physical stress is the first one. And that's probably going to have to be the mandatory one that we have to keep because we want to be working out. And that does cause inflammation. It does make our body stressed, even though it's good stress and it's good for the body. Uh, Mental stress. So say your work is really crazy or intense or your home life or something. It's causing you mental stress and anguish. It's causing your physical body to be inflamed and angry. Then we look at the three food ones, dairy, gluten, and sugar. Dairy causes inflammation in your body. I don't care if you can eat dairy and not have to feel like you need to go to the bathroom. Dairy is still an inflammatory food in your body and your body had to combat a way to be able to digest that specifically. So just because you don't feel negatively about it doesn't mean there's not inflammation happening. It's just not past your uncomfort threshold, probably. And each person is different and they can handle dairy better than others, whatever. But it is a stressor. Gluten, same thing. Just because you're not celiac doesn't mean gluten is not creating inflammation in your body. So gluten isn't the devil, but if, yeah, if my, I'm super, you know, not stressed, I have no problems at work, I feel really calm and stressed and I'm not eating dairy, then yeah, gluten is not going to cause a problem in my body. But if I'm dumping sugar, which also creates inflammation in the body, if I'm dumping sugar down the hatch, gluten down the hatch, dairy down the hatch, stressed out at work and I'm working out now, my body's on fire. You throw a virus into the mix and you're down. You're down. You need to remove those three nutritional ones if you get a virus. A, get don't make your body work harder when it's working hard already to give you your health and vitality because when you're sick, you don't need that anyways. You don't need it to begin with anyways, but and just looking at them from non-essential things as well too. Dairy, gluten and sugar, non-essential things, right? They're they're privileges. They're yeah, privileges. Um, so looking at those stressors and trying to be conscious of how many things you're throwing at your body at one time, they're not all, no one on their own is the devil. It's a combination that makes our body hard to handle what it's being thrown at. Um, so just thinking about my, my biggest question I keep going back to today is why are you eating? Which I actually had written next to it marketing victim question mark so i'm super glad your last tip was on marketing um because that is something coming back to why are you eating are you eating because you're being told what to eat or are you being are you eating because you're choosing what to eat i don't have any tips back to kills but really (laughs) real quickly though on the on the dairy tip um what's interesting is camille was training my oldest son Mm -hmm. and one of the things that she had him cut out um was dairy right away and like he drinks milk like he's growing like he milk is his jam right Mm -hmm. and he cut out dairy and dropped a lot of weight right away right Mm -hmm. and was he was shocked at that and like to this day Camille when he's feeling heavy or when he's like hey I want to get back on track hey I think I'm going to cut dairy out like it's it's a knowledge right mm-hmm. it's having that mm-hmm. knowledge and being taught that that he'll be like hey I think I'm going to cut dairy out for the next week mm-hmm. and just see you know get my body back on track 
So it, it really is impactful. And it was a great tidbit of information that you use to train Hayden that, that really actually impacted him. And so. I get it. Marketing has been huge and heavy, especially in this area. I'm coming from milk country. Like I, we are the dairy state. Everything we do is milk, cheese, mm-hmm. and dairy. And dairy makes strong bones. But guess what? You can get calcium from kale and other leafy greens too. You don't have to get your calcium from dairy. I'm not saying dairy's bad. I'm just saying don't throw all the balls at your body at one time. Like right. just be cautious of it. Like I think that Greek yogurt can be a great source of probiotic as well as offering some of the other mineral nutrients that dairy has to offer. I don't avoid it in my daily life always, but it's just being aware of what the current issue is, I guess, and how much of that you're looking to add. Yep. Yeah. So Kels, what else do you have? I have to uh, peace out. Yeah, Sam. uh, I am getting in the car now. So that was awesome though, ladies. Super awesome. Hopefully this was helpful. Some of those just little things that we all take for granted that we learned along our journey, hopefully can help you. As always, if you have any questions, reach out. Both of us, all three of us are happy to help answer and help support you in any way that we can. All right. Thanks, awesome. Thanks ladies. Bye. Thank you, ladies. Until next have time.